Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on the pastoral epistles of St. Paul, with this message entitled, St. Paul's Last Words of Grace, preached August 21st, 2016. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning with verse 19. We are going to talk about St. Paul's last words to the church. I have a letter from my father, the last one. And I'm sure Timothy treasured this last letter. As a prisoner of the King Jesus, St. Paul is cast into a dungeon by Caesar Nero to be executed in the near future. The Lord Jesus was with him to comfort him, to strengthen him to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, to rescue him from every evil attack and through his execution to bring him safely into his heavenly kingdom. Yet Paul is not bitter or unhappy. To him, in Jesus Christ, death has been transformed. Death is gain. It is better. It is to be present with the Lord in paradise. It is precious in the sight of God and it is a blessed condition. It is to experience the second phase of our salvation in heaven. So he wrote his last letter to the church ministering grace and love to the people of God. God's family members, those born of God, justified and adopted, are known for the love for the Lord Jesus, our older brother, and for all true God's family members everywhere, especially all those we came to know by divine providence, particularly through the local church. So we read about God's family, Matthew 12. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples. He said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Sir, we belong to God's family. And we obey God and love one another. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, love one another. 
As I have loved you so you must love one another. John says in 1 John 3:16 this is how we know what love is Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers think about is that true of us we remember god's people we pray for them communicate with them and support them in their severe need all from the dungeon is ministering grace to us the family of god point number 1 saints love one another paul asked timothy to greet certain people of the church of ephesus whom he knew very personally first then greet prisca and aquila paul commands timothy to convey the apostolic greeting to this godly couple in roman 16 he names about 35 people greeting them greet prisca and aquila tell them that i remember them love them and pray for them tell them i will see them in heaven for in a short while i am leaving this cold dungeon and going to heaven prisca is the diminutive form of priscilla the wife of pastor aquila a jew from pontus in asia their names as a godly couple are mentioned six times we meet them first in acts 18 in corinth claudius banished all jews from rome in AD 4950 they were like lydia of acts 16 a business people making tents paul also was a tent maker paul worked with them stayed with them worshiped with them and traveled with them it is reasonable to suppose that he brought them to faith in Jesus Christ they were rich people and they used their wealth to support the church which met in their house aquila the jew moved from pontus aquila moved from pontus to rome from there to corinth and later to ephesus and later still to corinth and from there to rome and again back to ephesus aquila was a pastor of the church so we read in 1st corinthians 16:19 the churches in the province of asia send you greetings 
Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord and so does the church that meets in their house. They were an ideal godly couple doing tent business and also serving the church. They were theologically literate. They taught the great scholar Apollos the gospel more accurately. They loved St. Paul and risked their lives to save him. And read in Romans 16, 4, they risked their lives for me, not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Timothy was to greet them first in the name of Paul. They were old friends in Christ. Remember Jesus said this, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I have made known to you friends. uh, Friends don't forget friends. You don't forget your brothers and sisters in God's family You don't drop them. You don't stop caring and loving and praying for them. If you do, you are not a good Christian. Love, the sacrificial love, is the first fruit of the Spirit. St. John says in 1 John 4... We love because he first loved us. If anyone says I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Second, Greet also the household of Onesiphorus. We read about him in chapter 1 of 2 Timothy. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. When Onesiphorus learned Paul was in a dungeon in Rome, he traveled to Rome from Ephesus, leaving his family and his business behind. He searched diligently and located the dungeon where Paul was. He was with Paul several days Refreshing him with fellowship, food, clothing, spending much of his money. Some scholars think that he being a friend of the criminal Paul was killed 
by the authorities, so Paul sends his greeting only to his household in Ephesus. We love God's people as Jesus loved us and died for us. Friends, love is not just an emotion. Love is self-sacrifice for the well-being of others. Onesiphorus was not ashamed of Paul's chains, for he knew Paul was the Lord's prisoner and his apostle. So Timothy is to greet in the name of Paul, Prisca, Aquila, and the household of Onesiphorus. Friends, greeting is not just a meaningless formality. Greeting conveys grace to the saints of God. For example, Boaz greeted his workers, Ruth 2 and verse 4, saying, The Lord be with you. And the workers responded, The Lord bless you. That's greeting. Jesus greeted the apostles on the day of his resurrection. John 20 verse 19 on the evening of that first day of the week when his disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of Jews Jesus came and stood among them and said peace be with you. Christ by his death and resurrection reconciled us to God and so we have peace with God, sir. Paul says, Romans 5, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And also we read in Ephesians 2, he came, Jesus is our peace. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Number three, greetings from Paul to Timothy. May the Lord be with your spirit, grace to all. And we are told that this prayer, Chrysostom comments about this prayer. There can be no better prayer than this Paul is saying, grieve not for my departure. The Lord shall be with you. Professor William Mounds says this in his commentary. Timothy, your friends greet you. Timothy was with him in his first imprisonment and he made friends in Rome. Timothy, your friends in Rome greet you. They love you. 
They pray for you. They remember you. They told me to send their greetings to you. We don't drop our brothers and sisters. Eubulus greets you in the Lord. Prudence greets you in the Lord. Linus greets you in the Lord. Your sister in the Lord, Claudia, she greets you. And the brothers in the church of Rome greet you. Number four, make sure Timothy to come to me quickly. He makes this request two times. Second Timothy 4 verse 9 and 21. It is urgent request in other words. He wants to see his son in the faith for the last time on earth. And be filled with joy. Our family relationships matter sir. Make sure Timothy you come before winter season. That is November through March. Bring with you Mark my cloak and my books that I may experience some physical, mental and spiritual help before my execution. During winter season, navigation and shipping stops in the Mediterranean. Paul recalled his own disastrous trip to Rome in the winter. Acts 27.20 we read when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging we finally gave up all hope of being saved. The ship was lost and the cargo was lost but God in his great mercy saved his apostle and his friends and every passenger. Second point, Trophimus, I left sick at my latest. Trophimus was a Gentile believer in Jesus from Ephesus. His name means nourishing. That is one who encourages people. Are you a trophimus? Or are you looking other people to take care of you? As Paul's assistant, he traveled with him to Jerusalem with the offering for the poor. The Jews saw Paul and Trophimus together in the city and assumed that Paul had brought this Gentile Trophimus in the temple area beyond the court of the Gentiles. This, as you know, resulted in Paul's arrest and his voyage to Rome to face trial before Caesar as a Roman citizen. In due time, Paul was set free until he was rearrested and kept in a dungeon. Friends, listen to what I am saying about sickness and healing. At Miletus, a port on the east coast of Asia near the Meander River, 
Trophimus fell ill. Physician Luke ministered to him, but could not heal him. Saint Paul the Apostle anointed him with oil and prayed for him, but there was no healing. No miracle or healing. Though Paul was given the things that mark an apostle, signs, wonders, and miracles. Second Corinthians 12, verse 12. Paul left without Trophimus accompanying him. You remember in Ephesus, Paul healed many people. And we read Acts 19, 11, and 12. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick. And their illnesses were cured. And the evil spirit left him. But he cannot do anything now. But the apostle Paul and Dr. Luke failed to heal Trophimus. Number two, Paul himself was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment him. Paul prayed for healing three times, but no healing came. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he did not take it away from him. Understand, sir, God may not heal you. Every time you pray. God heals or not. Based on his sovereign will. Which has to do with his plan. For our eternal good. God heals or not. Based on his sovereign will. Which has to do with his plan. For our eternal good. God's eternal purpose is to make us holy and blameless that we may fellowship with this God forever. And so Paul says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. In Hebrews 12 10 through 11, our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Discipline. Paul speaks about his own illness in another situation. Galatians 4, 13 through 15. As you know, it was because of an illness that I 
first preached the gospel to you. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Don't ever think that you don't get sick or you always will be healed. Even if you use medicine. Number three, Epaphroditus, a messenger to Paul when he was in prison in Rome, a messenger sent by the church of Philippi. He came to take care of Paul, but he became ill. The apostle prayed for him, but he was not healed. Philippians 2.27, indeed he was ill, almost died, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. God showed mercy and finally healed him. Number four, Timothy became ill frequently. Some say that he was a semi-invalid. Paul did not perform a miracle to deal with his stomach problem. He prescribes the use of medicine, probably based on Dr. Luke's counsel. Stop drinking only water. First Timothy 5.23 And use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Number five, Hezekiah became sick. Second Corinthians 20 In answer to his prayer, God healed him through the use of medicine. Second Kings 20 and verse 7, then Isaiah said, prepare a poultice of figs. They did so and applied it to the boil and he recovered. Number six, James counsels. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well the Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Friends, even this scripture doesn't ensure your healing. James' counsel brings healing only if God wills. The oil can be seen as medicine also. Yet Trophimus was not healed. Not all sick people will be healed when elders pray anointing the sick with oil. Did you know that, sir? Understand it. Otherwise, God's people will live forever without dying. It is appointed for man once to die. And there is a sickness unto death. Number seven, Elisha became sick and he died. Now Elisha, 2 Kings 13 verse 14, now Elisha was suffering from the illness from which he died. 
He performed miracle, but there was no miracle for him. It is utter foolishness to teach that true faith in God is the faith that rejects all medicine and the services of doctors. So it is God's will to use medicine. It is ultimately God who heals directly or through medicine, through doctors. That's why you go to a church where the pastor is what, sir? Pious and learned. And prayer is always effectual. Why? He gives you grace. And Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Grace, that's what you need. Grace to live and grace to die. Hebrews 4.16 Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, I'm just telling you this because you need to hear this. A time is coming when you will suffer and what, sir? Die. But he'll give you grace. So the danger is trusting doctors and medicines alone and not in God who heals through medicine. When our work here is done, God takes us home through death to enjoy eternal bliss in fellowship with our triune God. This is why make sure one thing, not the retirement, Your calling and election sure. The third point, main point, our sufficiency. What is our sufficiency? The Lord and his grace. Demons may abandon us. Our friends and fellow believers may forget us and forsake us out of fear. Alexander the metal worker like Judas may betray us and Nero like Pilate may condemn the innocent but the Lord who was condemned to the death of the cross is raised from the dead to reign with all authority he is with us he never forsake us He promised, I will be with you always, even to the end of the ages. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He is our good shepherd. And so we lack nothing. Though we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall fear no evil. For the Lord is with us and his rod and his staff comfort us. Through all trials, he will bring us to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord, sir, is with us by his spirit. No matter where we are, in Ephesus or in a dungeon in Rome 
or in a hospital undergoing multiple operations or facing our moment of death Timothy don't worry the lord will be with your spirit the great prayer chrysostom says don't worry the lord will be with your spirit as you sleep as you wake as you travel the lord who is with me in this dungeon shall be with you not far away from you he is with you to comfort you to guide you to empower you to rescue from every evil attack and bring you to heaven when when your work on earth is done and he says finally the grace of the lord will be with you all with all the saints he is greeting all the saints of ephesus and everywhere else he is greeting us here through that scripture the lord is the one who builds his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it grace be with you all it's not nothing grace is not empty word grace is all that we need grace be with you all the grace of the lord who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel so friends we are set free from the fear of death by his death on the cross for us without the lord and his grace we can do nothing to please god but we can do all things through him who gives us strength he gives grace to the humble and his grace is ever sufficient and so we read second corinthians 9:8 and god is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work there is no guarantee he will give you a lot of money but he'll give you grace and make you strong so we read elsewhere also this idea of greeting the grace of the lord jesus christ be with your spirit amen several times the lord is with us and what else his grace is with us so we are more than conquerors and in the wedding ceremony i told them from isaiah 41 so do not fear the same goes for their parents do not fear for i am with you do not be dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you and help you we need the lord to help us 
I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41, 13 and 14, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. Pretty soon you are going to fear. The doctor is going to say, You have what, sir? Cancer. And you trust in God. And remember this, do not fear. I am with you. Do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, O worm, Jacob, O little Israel, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, you see, let God be true and all men liars. Trust God, he cannot lie. He is truth. And you read recently Isaiah 43, 1 through 5, but now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. That is ultimately and finally. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Do not be afraid. I am with you. First Peter 5 verse 10 and 11 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Friends, through me, God is calling you effectually. The word is spoken. Get rid of all hindrances. The cloak and believe in Jesus Christ. And he will help you. He will save you. May the Lord comfort and strengthen you with his words of grace. This Lord's day. The words of St. Paul, which are the last words to Christ's holy church. Heavenly Father, help us to do what blind Bartimaeus did. He was told the Lord is calling you. And he ran. He threw away the cloak, a hindrance. And Jesus said, what do you want? I want to see. And he was given sight and he, Bartimaeus, followed Jesus. Lord, help us to be saved by you through faith in Jesus Christ that we may follow you all the days of our life here and then 
that we may come to your own presence to live with you for all eternity in eternal happiness with you and with the holy angels and with all God's holy people. Bless your people, O Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.